This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD, or as we call it Compass. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows. You can subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming platforms. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with ideas for future shows, questions about today's show, or to set up face-to-face or virtual meetings. And the older we get, the more we realize that everything, and I mean everything, changes. One day, you're bringing a tiny baby home from the hospital, and the blink of an eye, they are two weeks away from heading to college and having, after that, families of their own. Believe me, I'm going through that right now. My youngest is going to college in a couple weeks. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So you just better hang on and enjoy the ride and enjoy every moment along the way because they go so fast. Now, the idea that everything changes is just as true for your career. And when you were 25, you probably had your career mapped out in your head. And at 30, you probably told yourself, I'll be here. And at 40, I'll be there. But guess what? For most people, when you turn 30, the things you wanted to achieve in your career had probably changed. And at 40, they probably changed all over again. And along those same lines, many experts expect retirement to look differently in the coming decade thanks to technology and the changing workplace. Those experts that don't, they're really not paying attention. So, you know, if you add changes to the average retirement age, Social Security, somewhat hazy future, market volatility, it becomes clear that folks who are preparing for retirement will have to be adaptable to external forces. Now, during today's show, we're going to be looking at some of the trends that are likely going to affect retirement in the near future before pivoting to discuss some likely retirement changes that are still a little ways down the road. But before we talk changes, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who is both an agent of change and the anchor that holds us tight in this show storms. Tony, how are you doing today? Oh, wow. Agent of change. That's a new title. I might have to, I might have to get some new business cards printed up. Tony Shore, agent of change. I like it. I like it. I like it. Maybe start my own series. Tony Shore, agent of change. I can see it now. I can see it now. Movies, books, TV series. If, the, the if whole people put as much match. effort into preparing the retirement plans as I do into preparing my introduction for you every week, the world would be a better place. <laughs> you mean come up with it on the spot as we record? <laughs> if that, if you, if by that, that's what you mean. Interesting. Um, <laughs> no, that's a great intro. That was awesome and uh, great to be here. We're talking about retirement today. What is retirement for you exactly? <laughs> And that's the question we hope to answer. It's a relaxing ship. (laughs) It's a relaxing ship. (laughs) Retirement will be a wonderful adventure and we'll do it together. (laughs) 
about that? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I I always like that one. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, you know, I think retirement will look and feel very different uh, a decade from now and probably radically different two decades or three decades in the future. I mean, 20 years ago, it was very different, right? I mean, a lot of the tools that you have today, you didn't have 20 years ago. And you didn't need as comprehensive of a plan, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, Now you do because of tax laws and all the changes, some of these changes that you're going to talk about on today's show. But first, Matt, how are you doing? How have you been? Well, besides for the, you know, pain that you could feel in my voice when I was talking about the fact that my youngest is going away to college soon. Other than that, everything's great. Yeah. My youngest is going to college in a couple of weeks as well. So we have that in common. That yeah, that's tough. Fe- both feel old, I think. Well, it makes you feel old. You're going to miss some empty house, you know, if oh, you're missing youngest. It, yeah, my, I, it was hard enough when my daughter was gone. I mean, that was just that. And now this is my second. I only have two. And this, yeah, it's going to be a, a new world, I guess, you know. And yep, changes. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay. But changes. Boy, am I going to miss those two? Yeah. Yeah, I, I caught your David Bowie reference there, too, as you're yeah, thank you. talking about ch- ch- changes. All right. All right. Thanks for picking up on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think my friend Rick Wakeman played keyboards on that track. In fact, oh. I'm almost positive um, he did. Uh, anyway, uh, back to what we're talking about today. Trends that are shaping the future of retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There was an uh, article, U.S. News and World Report. Um they talk about some different things that they, they reference. Uh, it was a principal survey of financial professionals and employers. Like they're talking about near term disruptors that found most of them agree, you know, retirement planning is going to significantly transform by 2030. We're already seeing that happening and we've seen it happen. Like you said, in the last 20 years, I don't think it didn't take Nostradamus really to predict this. <laughs> things right. are constantly changing. Right. So it, they, it, one, I think there's some good things. You're going to see a lot of, in, in our in our profession, there's a lot of continuing ed, and sometimes the old timers, you know, fight against it. Well, I think it's better that we have it because all these things that are constantly changing, being able to keep up with these things, even if for some people it's learning about them once a year. So there's some of us that try and keep up and stay ahead of it, and there's some people that at the very least are going to catch up every year. But things are going to change. And the first thing likely, um, I think, disrupting retirement planning is what we've talked about for years, but it's changing even more now is the retirement savings gap. Because, you know, there's an incre- the increasing cost of living. It, it's grown staggeringly recently. Uh, more people are struggling to save enough for retirement. A U.S. News survey, 41% of Americans stopped putting money into their retirement accounts in 2022 because of inflation. And, you know, there were people polled by principal and they agree that retirement savings gaps likely to grow larger by 2030. There is some potential good news. Uh, the secure 2.0 act, which was signed into law December, 2022, it does provide several incentives for saving for retirement. So hopefully that will help. Well, yeah. And my first thought is that if any of our listeners out there have maybe paused contributing money to their retirement accounts, I know a lot of people during COVID maybe stopped contributing to retirement accounts or over 2022 uh, when the markets dropped, maybe they thought, oh, I don't want to be putting money in there. Uh, They definitely need to get together as soon as possible with somebody like yourself because uh, you need a financial services professional and advisor to make sure you're saving enough 
to preserve your ideal retirement lifestyle. And I think that's a good reason to, if you're not already working with one, find one. And I encourage our listeners to get a second opinion. And I know all they have to do is give you a call, right? That's it's as simple as that, Tony. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I watch people. We've been doing this for a while. My, this, you know, we're the second generation of my family to be running this company. And I watch people who made some of those same mistakes in the, you know, 07 through 09, still paying for them now. So unless your situation has changed, your plan shouldn't. So, you know, it might feel harder to put some money away during higher periods of inflation, but maybe there's other strategies your advisor can, and your planner can help you employ so that you don't make some of those same mistakes. Now, next thing I want to talk about on this aging workforce, this is disrupting retirement planning. More older folks are staying on the job. So delaying retirement that can come down to a ton of different factors, financial needs, maintaining health care coverage, or maybe even just personal fulfillment, right? Delaying retirement can have significant financial benefits because it provides more time for people to build their retirement savings. But as more people delay retirement, plans are going to need to be adjusted. Are, you know, some employers are already responding to the needs of older workers, but they're providing more thorough financial wellness benefits, educational programs, helping them make you know better financial decisions in conjunction with working with their financial services pro. So this survey we've been talking about from principal, COVID-19 made a lot of changes to a lot of people's retirement plans, especially as they looked at kind of their holistic financial wellness. More than 90% of respondents noted that financial wellness offerings are likely to rise significantly by 2030. A holistic financial wellness simply means employers address the needs of their workers at every stage of their lives by providing more options, more education, and more access to those programs. Yeah, I like the idea or the notion that employers will uh, embrace financial wellness, especially with their older employees as their employees get closer to retirement. Uh, and maybe employers will encourage them to work with a financial professional or bring somebody like yourself in to help educate their employees. And uh, I think that's a, a good thing for a lot of workers out there. And I see that happening more and more, I would I would think. There's some of us that call ourselves holistic planners who have been doing this for businesses for a long time. And there's, yep. like I said, we like to kind of work ahead of the curve. And then there's big companies that try and play catch up with the people that have always that's been doing the right things true. that are adding these offerings now. So yes. either way, take advantage of it. Right. Um, now, the next thing from the article, there's an increasing push for employees to have more customizable options for retirement planning. A lot of times that means letting them tailor their investments to their own personal needs, their risk tolerance. Technology is likely to accelerate this move to customization. Uh, that survey found 90% of respondents think that personalized advice and help will come from a financial professional. 81% uh, of them, of the employers, also agreed that digital tools will play a larger role for employees by 2030. Again, there's those of us who have been doing this and have some of that tech in place for you. I'm really encouraged by that 90% number because I've always said this. I believe I always will. Working with a financial services pro is the most important way to help secure your preferred retirement lifestyle. Uh, and lastly, as Gen Z continues to make up a larger share of the workforce, its preference for online tools and education, I believe, is going to broadly impact retirement planning and the tools that are available in that tech sphere overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you guys stay on the cutting edge of that as well uh, in the offerings that you have and the online tools and resources that you provide for your clients and people you work with. Speaking of that, how can our listeners get a hold of you to set up that no charge, no obligation consultation? 
Well, you can do it, you know, the old fashioned way and you can give us a call. That's 800-339-9252. Or you can do it using cutting edge technology like the World Wide Web. <laughs> Which was <laughs> invented in what? The, the, the 60s or the 70s? <laughs> yeah, I can, uh, honestly, though, I sometimes go to conventions where some of the advisors are still like, do you think I need a website? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know those same people. I've yeah. worked with some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, I can't or I've got a website and you go there and it looks like, you know, they're under construction. Their nephew created it as yeah. a high school project. <laughs> no, but uh, I, let's uh, let's keep on this kind of let's keep on this thing about millennials. I understand a lot of people are significantly older than millennials, especially probably those listening. But I think this conversation is going to have a lot of information that you'll find useful and interesting. But if you have kids or grandkids who are millennials, play the show for them. Uh, there was a Money Magazine article. This is what millennials can actually expect from retirement, according to experts. Uh, it's at, we're not allowed to call ourselves that because the government doesn't allow us to say that. But people can write that in articles of magazines. So there right. are some details about where retirement planning is right now, where it's headed. I find it really illuminating. So millennials, those are the people born between roughly 81 and 96 of the 1900s. So they're, they're older now, right? But they have a harder financial time of it than a lot of previous generations. They took on more student loan debt than the generations before them. They kind of had some stagnating salaries, uh, forced a lot of the younger workers to delay things like marriage, purchasing their first home. According to Fidelity, the average 401k balance for millennials is $29,400. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, hot off the press news that that's not going to be enough to retire on. So, you know, even if the stock market spiked up to unexpe unexpected levels, that's probably not enough money uh, to count on for a significant block of time. And yeah. we know that a lot of people were living longer and the average retirement's going to be somewhere in the 30 year range for a lot of people. So, Right. And my, you know, my son pointed out to me, he's 24, uh, recently married, uh, grad school. Uh, but he, he and his wife, uh, he's Gen Z, uh, but for Gen Xers, uh, well, I'm not Gen Xers, but for Gen Z and for millennials, like you say, uh, they can't afford to buy a starter home yet. And, and, and it's getting harder and harder. I mean, when my wife and I were that age, we bought a starter home and it wasn't a problem. Uh, but now housing costs are, are such and, uh, and wages haven't kept up. So it's harder and harder for young couples or young adults to buy that starter home. I mean, it's, it's tough. So things have changed. Yes. And don't get me wrong. I, one of the bigger problems right there though, is still student loans and how much true and some, you know, some people, going to school for four years and then coming out and getting a job that they could have gotten when they were 18 and right. earned money for four years. I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm not saying to go to college. I'm saying there's a lot of factors at play, but you're right. House housing prices are insane right now. I am not happy with them. There are ways, although I still see we have clients whose grandkids are graduating college and buying a house at 24. Yeah. But it takes some other, it takes, a. you can't, you can't live an Instagram lifestyle that you don't have. Right. And expect to do that. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so I, I'm, believe me, I think that there are, you know, there's certainly problems with some of this stuff, but there are ways to do this. And planning is one of them. Um, but when we're looking at this, talking about millennials, the first likely change when those large swaths of millennials are retiring 
you know, everyone's going to know what their genetic makeup is. And that might sound like a weird sentence on its own, right? If I left it there and just <laughs> yeah, canceled don't, the show and it said don't this leave the end it of the there. show. We're not ending like, there. What the heck does that mean? We're well, not ending there. No, we're going to have a better sense of your potential longevity. I, I'm talking about they're going to medic, medical advancements have already made it so much easier to map out things you're going to be looking at. You're going to have a much better idea of your longevity and your health and how to build that financial strategy for retirement that considers those factors. You know, the first DNA sequence for a human being, it costs several billion dollars, but today it costs about a thousand. So even in times of struggle, if you really want to know, you could afford that, right? While thinking about what information DNA sequencing may reveal, that can be a little scary, but it might also help you find earlier treatment for things like Alzheimer's or heart disease. Uh, Dr. Torn Finkel, their director at the Aging Institute, the University of Pittsburgh, uh, the medical center, it's senior services. They, they Every 50 years, we can expect lifespan to increase by 15 years. So right now, wow. our life expectancy is roughly 78 years. So in 50 years, it's going to be over 90, which means we're planning now for people to live to 100, according to the Financial Planning Association. It's going to be even higher, right? So that's super exciting news for younger people because, hey, now you may need to have you know, you might have the time you need to take all the trips you've been dreaming about. But on the other hand, you need to prepare yourself financially for living 90 or 95 years on average. Wow. Yeah. And uh, at least a third of your life in retirement. So you've got mm -hmm. to financially plan for that. And speaking of that, if I was in my 20s or 30s and I knew there was a decent shot, I'd lived in my 90s. My first appointment would be with a financial professional like yourself to devise a strategy or a plan to not outlive my money. And I know that's what you do for your clients. Um, and, and regardless of how long you think you're going to live, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not going to live that long. But, you know, I mean, my grandfather lived to 101. Yeah. Uh, my parents are in their 80s. So, yeah, I mean, people are living longer and longer. I, I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, right? But it is what it is. <laughs> it's a, it's a both. I mean, there yeah. are good aspects to it and bad. So <laughs> Right. Um, that, and, but it, it's going to even make the thing that we've been talking about you and I for the last 10 years, even more important is you going to outlive your money is your money going to outlive you, right? You don't want to run out of money if you're going to have a really long retirement. Now talking about that tech stuff we were talking about earlier, smarter algorithms are going to help you build your financial strategy. And I think that's something to be very optimistic about, you know, the path from your first day on the job to retirement, it's rarely a straight line. A lot of people, especially now, more than ever, they're changing jobs several times. You'll likely have more money in more places, keeping track of it all, bundling it all together for retirement might be challenging. But imagine if everything you had, I mean, whether it's insurance products, all your savings, all your investments are all in one place. And then you can utilize some of that common data. How much easier is that going to make it for you? I think the answer is pretty obvious. It's a rhetorical question, Tony. Don't feel the need to answer that one. You know, e experts expect that when today's millennials retire, algorithms are going to be combining their finances, their health history, life expectancy, other data into packages that can inform their financial decisions. All that machine learning between now and then is going to come at a benefit to them. And as a financial pro, the idea of sitting down with clients and using this clear and reliable data is super exciting to me. Yeah, that is. And uh, algorithms have already improved and helped uh, improve people's planning, like things like the Social Security maximization report you run. Stuff like that. The Morningstar I mean, report. These reports that you run use different things. I mean, they're not necessarily 
algorithms, but there's like 20,000 calculations that go on in that social security maximization report to help people find out when their personal best time to file is. Well, yeah, I mean, we are, we are using algorithms, some of the software we're running and it, let, let's look at it this way. Financial planning in and of itself is an algorithm, right? We've been doing this math with these different equations for a long time. It's getting better. It's getting more precise and it's being, it's much easier to adapt to changing situations, the better it gets. So I, again, yes, run out, find that person. I can tell you those, your average people, right? And I know we all want to think we're above average, but let's just take us all. Let's just say we're all average for the purpose of this conversation. When I take the average 30-year-old who starts their planning at 30, and we see them at 40, and then you find the average 40-year-old coming in, that 30-year-old in those 10 years, just by doing a few things, has blown the average 40-year-old out of the water. Right. They are in such better shape than that 40 year old who maybe was, even if they were slightly above average in their earning potential is nowhere near the average 30 year old who started 10 years before them. So get, it's just like insurance. The earlier you get it, the better it's going to perform for you, right? Cause it's cheaper and you can afford more. Now the next thing, uh, for when millennials are in their sixties and older and for a lot of millennials, it might seem like it's never going to happen, but retirement itself is going to be viewed maybe as something of luxury. Now, that might sound like a negative thing. It, not, I'm not saying it's going to be unattainable. I, that's oversimplifying this prediction. I think what we're talking about is tech continues to advance. It's going to reshape what we think of as work because it's going to become easier to both earn money and to choose how and when and where we make it. You know, apps, for example, may make it easier than ever for older people to continue earning a bit of income even after they've transitioned away from their main career. Sure. It sounds like rather than saying retirement will be a luxury, uh, a better way to state it might be, hey, retirement will be for those who either have more money than they know what to do with or for those who don't want to do any kind of work once they reach a certain age, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the, it, we also can think, you know, language itself is likely to be different three or four decades yeah. from now. It changes. I mean, you know, the word retirement may mean something differently or be entirely obsolete. Now, today, retirement has a very specific meaning, but in the future, retirement might just simply mean you're no longer working Monday through Friday, but you're using tech to earn a few bucks how and when and where you want. Right. Yep, exactly. And I think this has been a great show so far. Uh, this is an interesting conversation. I mean, we've been talking about the future of retirement and you've been uh, giving us insight into the next handful of years and even three or four decades into the future. What do you have for us next? Well, let's keep looking about what retirement might look like for today's millennials. I know we're they're about 40 years from retirement. And remember, if you're older, you know, share this with them. Uh, there's that money magazine the millennials can expect from retirement. Uh, people are anticipating this aggressive lifelong learning that we seem to be moving more towards. That's going to be a key goal for today's millennials. So um, some of the financial experts... They, they're saying the old rule of thumb that putting 10% of your income into a 401k uh, isn't going to cut it for millennials because retirements are going to be way different than the ones that parents and their grandparents had. But a lot of people are thinking millennials are going to always work at some level, maybe always to some extent, but it's going to be on their terms, which is the way they do most things. There's a, 
Uh, interesting quote from Fanush Tarabi, another, you know, a financial uh, in the financial sphere. And they said, it says, frankly, they're going to be working a lot longer through retirement. I don't think there's going to be a hard and fast start to retirement. I think it's going to be a little bit more fluid. Yeah, that makes sense. So how does lifelong learning fit into this? Well, there's a lot. There's a couple of things. I'm not sure I entirely agree with some of the articles on all of this, but uh, the longer you anticipate working, the more things you think you may be interested in doing, the more you're going to need to learn. That's always been the case. And becoming a lifelong learner it may increase your future earning power. Of course, that's kind of always been the case because, as you know, as you stay on the job longer, more companies are investing in retaining those workers and their decades of experience. Now, previously, a lot of companies may not have seen the value in recruiting and retaining older workers uh, because they were likely to leave sooner rather than later. And they often cost a lot more than younger workers. But job hopping is becoming more common. That means hiring someone in their late 60s may make more sense than ever. Uh, after all, it's better to enjoy a great employee for five years than to never have had that employee at all. So whether a person's 65 or 25, the average length of time on the job is likely about the same these days. Ah, okay. So or in the future. Right. Now that you put it that way, it makes sense. If most folks are only going to be on the job for a handful of years before they move on to the next opportunity, why wouldn't companies focus on finding the most talented and experienced people they can regardless of age? So that's going to help maybe older folks in the workplace. And, and that scenario seems like a win-win. Well, yeah, but I also think, I think there, hopefully there'll be a slightly changing culture in, in employers themselves, in, employers who aren't interested in, in winning at all and in sharing that with some of their employees, right? So good companies retain employees longer and the, the more wages are stagnated, the more people have gone to different jobs more often. So I think, you know, a lot of a lot of companies put 401ks in place so that people can save money. And as they pay these people more and more money, well, they're saving more and then they can get them to leave. They can go, you know, because they have money to leave the company. But imagine um, investing in these people through their whole lives and not just getting people out the door because you want to pay somebody less with less skills, but making sure people are, everybody's, trained well and wants to stay a long time. And they're all sharing in the success of the business at some level higher than it has been over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. I think you'll find a change there. That's one of the things I may slightly disagree with on the, with the articles on this. I think the better companies treat their employees, the more likely they are to stay. But, um, a lot of people, you know, that lifelong learning, uh, that might change college fundamentally hundreds of years. Now, you know, the college bargain was pretty straightforward, Put four years, getting your degree and that degree prepared you for the next 40 or 50 years. But now it's like six to eight years getting your degree because that four year degree that some people used to get, most people now have. And as the people live longer, that college degree may need to prepare them for 78, 70 to 80 years. And the reality is most colleges, most college degrees now don't really prepare people for much beyond seven or eight years the way things are changing. So continuing to provide traditional four-year degrees, colleges are going to have to develop some of the programs that cater to older people who are looking to add new skills, sharpen current skills, or want to take classes for their own enjoyment. But things like YouTube and you know video learning, there's so much stuff that exists on the web that you don't even have to pay for. You can learn entire careers for free. You can get entire, you know, entire semesters of lectures for no money on YouTube and learn what somebody else just paid, you know, $35,000 last semester for. So 
there's a lot to be said about this changing landscape, but that lifelong learning is going to be, there's going to be a different change on that. So, uh, you know, maybe a four year degree isn't an adequate return for some people. Uh, so maybe they get some formal training or certification. And then after 10 years, uh, they keep doing what they're doing or they pivot to something else. They do something else. Uh, they learn something else. Maybe it's smaller, but regular investments in your education throughout your life rather than just four year degrees. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've thought about that a lot. I mean, college has become, as we mentioned earlier, so expensive. And as people rely more on the internet for education and info, you know, it's going to change what college looks like in 50 years. I honestly don't have an answer except to say it's going to look different than it does today. Right. Yeah. And I won't lie to you as an employer. Sometimes when I see a particular college that's supposed to be a great school on a resume that other people are looking to scoop those up, those people up. I don't even consider that one anymore. I won't lie to you. <laughs> There's certain schools now because I know half of the degrees that are coming out of those schools and I've hired some of those people and they haven't been worth it anymore. I'd rather see the person that's working their butt off yeah. come and work hard and want to learn rather than somebody that went overpaid for some, they got a degree from a school, but that degree isn't really helping them doing what we do. So um, I'm not Good saying, point. you know, I wouldn't, do it, but they're not going to the top of my pile sure. just because of the school they went to. Right. Um, I want to close today though, by asking that age old retirement question, will I have enough money to retire and what that means for today's millennials? Uh, right now, when I sit down with a client who's in the fifties, we can chart out the next 20 to 25 years pretty reasonably. I think, you know, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, hundred percent accurate, but we're pretty darn close. But when you see the average age of millennials with the factors we've discussed today, uh, Answering that question, will I have enough money? It's going to be that's becoming more difficult uh, to go that far out. If you're working with a financial professional to include investments in your financial strategies, some people are saying, you know, will the companies you're putting money in today be around 70 years from now? Well, that's the same question we were asking 70 years ago. Everybody was right. You don't know what come. IBM certainly doesn't have the same future in its stock as it used to. Uh, you know, so um, you know, Google's already gone 100% renewable for its energy purchases. That's the equivalent of taking a million cars off the road. You know, as more companies follow Google's path, what does that mean for you know companies that make old you know cars that are outdated now, or stock markets and the broader economy as a whole? These questions, they're going to they're gonna unfold. I think some of this will be due to machine learning. A lot of it will be just keen studying of what's going on out there and doing like we've always done, recognizing trends and using history as our guide. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a good way to put it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we go today? Yeah, if this made you, especially as a millennial, any more anxious and gave you <laughs> higher levels of anxiety, go speak to a financial pro. Speak to an advisor, work with a fiduciary. Don't go to somebody that's just going to sell you things. Go to somebody that's going to take care of you and your best interests, and they will have that at heart. Those are fiduciaries. If you have a question about what that is, or you have a question about anything we talked about today, give us a call. This is what we do. We help people through this often confusing world of retirement planning, current income planning, savings, investing, all this stuff. This is what we do. Give us a call, 800-339-9252, or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. All right, sounds great. Well, Matt, another great show. It's been fun and an interesting Thanks, topic Tony. today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. 
Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.